What does WordPress need to do to appeal more to do-it-yourself web builders and creators who are trying to build a site for a, a side project, a new business? In the enterprise space, are the end users really that much different? Can the agencies and plugin vendors that serve those two markets align their efforts and make WordPress more usable, accessible, and performant? Is there an opportunity for designers and developers to agree on standards now? Can community resources at wordpress.org from the repository to learning materials and documentation be used to onboard new users better? These are some of the questions I talked about today with Eric Karkovac. Welcome to Post Status Excerpt. Before we get started, let me tell you about one of our great sponsors. Manage your clients, websites, and tasks from a single dashboard with GoDaddy Pro. Perform security scans, backups, and remote updates to many sites on any host. Check up on site performance, monitor uptime, and analytics, and then send the reports to your clients. GoDaddy Pro is free, and it's designed to make your life better. I'm here with Eric Karkovac, and this morning on Post Data Slack, he shared his latest article published on Specky Boy, What Can WordPress Do to Appeal to the Do-It-Yourself Market? What brought that topic up for you this week, Eric? I think it's a combination of things. For one, you know, we have full site editing that's been around for a little bit now. And, you know, we're not seeing like huge adoption rates with it. We're getting people to, um, you know, kind of learn what's involved with that and block themes. And um, and also at the same time, we're you know, the, the changes that we've seen with, uh, the block editor over time and you know even the kind of the genesis of that project i think was to kind of compete with um more content management systems kind of like you know wix or squarespace and what have you um and it seems like wordpress is just going toward that market more and more as they as they build on and so i thought those were really nice steps in that direction right so we have tools that make it a little bit easier for someone who maybe isn't uh, familiar with code to go in and, and build a, a, a site. But that led me to think about, well, what else should we be doing in that area? What else could WordPress do to make it uh, as foolproof as possible um, to build a basic site, not something necessarily like, um, you know, a complex, you know, high-end enterprise site, but just something basic that someone can do within a couple of hours. Is that really kind of where that the post came from? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the uh, videos where Jamie Marsland and uh, who else did this had had their daughters or um, I think of very different ages too, but yes. tried to do exactly that. And um, he had he had his kids do um, um, Elementor versus Gutenberg, I think. It was, um, yeah, yeah, and that was that was interesting. I mean, you really have to see. Uh, a totally someone totally different from you um, using it for the first time and yeah I think I think a lot of um, thought has gone into that user experience is is huge uh, now of course always always should have been but um, Gutenberg is is very squarely focused on the on the user experience building out your your site and, and pages and um, my, my thought, though, was everyone wants that. Um, it's not just the mass market, the, 
lower and middle end um, of that, but um, agencies to up to the uh, those that are serving enterprise enterprise clients, uh, WordPress VIP partners. Um, I hear I hear the same things from them. Like you know, even very recent conversations um, about how having standard interface that doesn't throw you different, totally different screens when you use uh, a plugin in the back end. Um, that's a, a can, basic design principle of there's much less cognitive load on you when the navigation is standard. Even if you've never used WordPress before, um, you, uh, you're, it seems familiar because things are intuitively laid out because it's, it's like a lot of other things. WordPress is, is old enough and, and so influential that it's, it's a uh, backend interface has been copied in a lot of ways. It's very, very familiar. Um, interestingly, even if people haven't used it. Um, so when you hit a plugin with, you know, crazy level of setting screens or its own interface design, um, that's not, that doesn't look, look good with, a with anyone really, but with a enterprise client, I, I think that's an issue. That's one of the things you talk about in here. Um, yeah. We, have you thought about that at all? Um, how, yeah, how pretty it, much every market, every WordPress market, uh, could benefit from. It's, it's funny you mentioned that because I really were, wasn't thinking of like, the enterprise clients. And I think the reason for that is because usually if I have a client who's a little more higher end on the, on the price scale, I'm usually building things to kind of account for all of that right. where I can. I mean, obviously I can't change a plugin GUI, but I can certainly do things with custom fields or blocks or what have you to try and make the, the content creation and editing process as simple as possible for them. So but by doing some of these things at core level, you would take away the need to build all that extra stuff on top to, you know, to make it easier for the corporate client to use. So I think it, it, it goes together pretty well. Sure. Um, the, the one example in terms of UI that I have in the article is, uh, you know, just looking at the standard WordPress settings page, we have the reading settings and then next to it, I have uh, the opening screen of slider revolution which is a uh, plugin oh, yeah. bundled with a bunch of different yes. themes and uh, like a theme forest, what have you. Um, it's like a completely different thing. And to, to that end, even Elementor is as well. I mean, the, a lot of these popular page builder plugins basically take over uh, the UI and it's like you're in a completely different planet. And think about if you're a brand new user and you've got just Elementor or slider revolution on your site, you bought this theme and it comes with these things. You're kind of thinking you're dropped into the middle of Mars or something. You're not sure what, you know, how to get back to where you were and what the difference is between, uh, you know, that UI based versus, you know, the, the core WordPress UI uh, in a lot of ways that doesn't make sense. So I think it's something we have to try and unify. Um, I don't know how mm -hmm. we go about doing that at the core level. Um, but I think if we make core as clean as possible, maybe that's at least a good start. Yeah, there there would have to be um, 
some some standards and reusable um, patterns and and tools. Um, I, I think that in the long run, the uh, Gutenberg is is supposed to eat the entire. You know, it's it's a true ship of Theseus project where the entire thing gets rebuilt while moving, um, and in in some way, it will be a the goal is is to have a unified experience at the end of that. Just how quickly that happens depends on on core contribution um, on the velocity of that. Um, yeah, that's for lack of that. I, I think it's. Um, it's a bad experience for everyone. And sure, uh, uh, an enterprise client is really just at bottom end users, uh, employees who have as much experience maybe as the average DIY site builder, a creator, someone who wants to start a podcast or, or sell a product um, as a side project or something like that. Um, there's there's really no difference there. Everyone um, has the same uh Usability needs in general, and more or less, there's there's big differences when you we start talking about compliance needs with accessibility and and so on and and things like that. But um, yeah, it seems like to me that there there's a lot of opportunity for aligning um, different parts of of the WordPress community and business community where um, plugin developers and owners should really want this, the same thing that uh, agency people um, do and that's, they they support each other, um, they feed each other business. So I, I'm curious why that hasn't happened. And it seems to me like there's some information flows or I don't know, there, there are probably other, other sticky barriers. Have you, did, you, did that question come up for you at all? Why? Um, well, I know it's, it's something we've talked about a little bit, right? I mean, yeah. just on a few different levels and with the, uh, you know, the active install data going away from wordpress.org and maybe these folks need to band together a little more and, and share amongst each other. I, th I think the reason it hasn't happened yet is because it really hasn't had to. Um, you know, maybe they haven't seen necessarily the benefit of it, but when you see kind of the, the you know, jumble of the the ui right now and how it how different it can be depending on what you have installed you know maybe there is something that you know some of these larger plugin developers could work together on sure. uh, it makes sense you know it makes sense for all of them i mean I, I i somehow see us heading towards some sort of consortium of of uh mm. folks who who can't necessarily write strict standards but maybe they have certain you know broad outlines of, of what they they want to to abide by and you know the more people that do that the better i think it is for wordpress users and for just really everyone involved because the software right. is going to be easier to use and more uniform right yeah there's there's a lot that the um th that that part of the community could do for itself i've um tried to be more vocal about, but I, I think there, there've been few, few voices behind those ideas of, you, hey, you, there's a lot you can do um, to shape your own industry. Um, yeah, if you do have a shared, a shared interface framework and um, formal or informal standards for, yeah, we were talking about um, admin notifications previously, um, that's part of it. 
um, it, it'd save you a lot of time if there was a base to build on um, more than more than I think exists now. Um, so that uh, anyone starting starting out creating a a new plugin um, would have some kind of uh, head start on really a standard interface or or guidance at least. I don't know that there's that much um, public information and. Uh, it's curious to me as as uh, as things like the WooCommerce um, partnership program kind of is a bit looks like a, a bit like a getting into a, a relationship with WordPress VIP. Um, there's criteria to go through uh, that you have well that you have to meet um, to become um, a preferred agency working with um, with WooCommerce.com side with Automatic. Um, what those criteria are and what the standards are should I think have some kind of trickle down effect, like know what they are and, um, and have them as at least aspirational for everyone. Um, there's been some talk in, in uh, core of um, bringing in some changes on, uh, on standards and testing for uh, coding, um, coding standards for security. Uh, I think primarily performance and security. Um, and I hope those continue to get prioritized. That, that's what all seems, seems to need to happen to, um, to move this forward. But the one point you mentioned um, where you're talking about modernizing the onboarding experience, where you direct people to where to find themes, where to find plugins, that, uh, that becomes challenging and touches Touch this other recent issue we've talked about. Um, it is hard to search in the in the plugin repository is not in an ideal state, and people who are trying to sell their their plugins there um, have a number of frustrations with with trying to surface their their products as relevant to what people are searching for. Um, do you think this could be part of a solution to that if, or a potential conflict point when you're curating, you're, you're curating and recommending, um, certain ones? I think as far as, as core goes, um, my idea is more about just pointing people to the repositories, mm -hmm. uh, for themes and plugins, not necessarily being a, a curator, but, um, I, I see the, you know, I see there, there there should be more impetus to improve the the repositories and make them easier for folks to search and figure out what it is they're getting and what, you know, um, allow new entries to be a little more uh, visible. But I, I think they're kind of separate things, you know, it, just to be able to, I mean, if, if you're installing WordPress now from the you know, from, from your host, or if you're, you know, FTPing it up to your site, old school style, um, you know, you're, you're going to get this little widget on the, on the front screen of the dashboard that welcomes you to WordPress and gives you a few handy links, but it doesn't really tell you about how to actually use what you're, you've got. And I think that was where I, I thought improvement could be made right now. I mean, the person that doesn't understand where themes reside or where plugins right. reside, they're not going to know necessarily to go under the appearance menu and look to add a theme. 
or you know the plugins menu you know they may find that eventually but why not put it right out there in front of them so that they can easily click and say okay i know what i need i need to get a plugin that does this and you know because we have a nice interface to actually go in and search for plugins and themes but right it's not necessarily um in front of front of your mind when you when you first install wordpress so i thought that was um something that was important to uh you know to to emphasize in, in this sure yeah and that that seems like it it's potentially in a good way open for change with uh potential changes to the .org repository and and i imagine that as um as the .com marketplace uh, and you know potentially other other things like that um if if other hosts hosting woocommerce or or wordpress were to do something similar um that 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 requires some kind of curation at some point or some some way of featuring particular things like this is what you need to do uh for for example you know one of my pet things is can you build a uh, substack like uh site out of wordpress very quickly i'm Yes, if you know how, but um, the, there's actually there's documentation that's kind of emerged relatively recently for doing that with a, a couple of plugins. Um, if you dig around on WordPress.com, um, and I said Kim Coleman is uh, for uh, uh, paid memberships pro is giving a talk right about now, I think on um, on how to do that with uh, MailPoet and their product, the Coleman's product, uh, paid membership pro. Um, that's, that's something that, um, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's tricky on the, on the mass market level. It's, it's sort of the level of suggestion of here's, if you want to do this, here are some ways you can do that. And what gets recommended there, I, I guess is, is maybe a, a thorny issue, but as you kind of yeah. move up the, up the market, um, you don't want to give that much. You don't want to have an onboarding screen that says install this and this and this to, uh, you know, an agency's client. Uh, you know, you don't, they don't want to see that either. So, um, you want to actually be making those choices for them. So it occurs to me that the thing that's not talked about op openly, but is talked about everywhere is that the upmarket WordPress and building even you know freelancers, small agencies to VIP agencies, generally um, you know have their own ways of doing things that that do a lot of curation and like you said, building building custom materials. But the less you do that, the less you have to support yourself. Um, that they're essentially doing, making these choices and saying these are the things that work well for these purposes under these conditions, and. I've always thought, why should that be a proprietary trade secret, especially when it's out there? But um, we're hesitant to uh, convey that or some version of that to the um, to the mass market. Um, what, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think there could be some synergies there? Because there's learning potential too. If you if you kind of disclose, this is how we're doing it up here. Um, people who are just starting out building with WordPress are learning from leaders then. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things I, I, I talked about with curation was, you know, maybe managed hosts are in the best position to do kind of something like that, because I think some of them already do to, to a degree, 
I mean, many of them are buying up, you know, plug-in and themes anyway. And so, you know, maybe they're in the best position to add something like this to WordPress um, for someone that has the fresh install. Um, you know, in the community, it, it's it's interesting because there's just so many, there are so many plugins and so many opinions that, you know, mm -hmm. I, I may ask, well, how do you build a membership site? And somebody may tell me paid memberships pro is the way to go. Somebody may say right. member press or, you know, there, there could be five or six other, you know, really big players in that market. Um, same thing for forms and, you know, e-commerce may be a little bit less, but, um, you know, because we have one dominant, uh, you know, entity there in, in WooCommerce. But, um, you know, if you ask about WooCommerce extensions, you'll probably get a couple hundred different answers on that. So, right. you know, I, the curation's a, a bit of a tough, a tough call. Like, I, I don't, I certainly don't think, you know, the WordPress project should be um, doing anything other than generically taking you to the, you know, the repositories and saying, this is where you can find plugins. Now, maybe in the future, they write, you know, they, they share articles or something about, well, you know, if you're going to build an e-commerce site, maybe you should consider X, Y, and Z, not necessarily talking about specific plugins, but things you need right. to consider on your end and find to help you find the, the tool that works best for your needs and, you know, design for what your workflow is going to be. Um, right. So maybe we can add some guidance in that way without necessarily favoring one product over another. Um, but I, I think there, you know, for the new user, the person who wants to just build their own basic site, you know, having some sort of guidance in, not only what plugins to use, but just how to use WordPress, I think could be, you know, extremely helpful. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, the way you, you put it here was, um, uh, yeah, the, who would be responsible for curating is the, is the really tough issue. You'd need a, a third party of some, some kind to take that on. Um, and yeah, in the mass market where everyone's, competing um with with their product or service um that's a difficult one to do who who would be a third party who could who could potentially navigate those those waters and are are there things that the plugin repo could do that are sufficiently neutral with the kind of data that that could be reported out that would um help that um do we need something like kevin ohashi doing um you know, plugin performance, WP plugin performance reviews, like his hosting uh, reviews. Yeah, that, that's interesting. You could, you, you could certainly see the repo. I mean, you know, again, you don't want to play favorites. That's definitely, you know, going to cause a lot of problems. Um, maybe there could be, you know, stats for, you know, different types of sites. Um, if you're, into publishing, these are the most popular plugins in that category. Because um, we don't, it may even be listed that way now, but we don't necessarily say that. Um, so you could look at, you know, membership sites, you could look at e-commerce, um, you know, selling digital goods, all those types of things. Maybe we break it down by category a little more and just show what the trends are in that area. It doesn't necessarily have to favor anyone, but obviously it's going to show, you know, who's in the lead and who's not, but maybe that's something to help people again. And again, I, I put these out there as ideas. 
they may be extremely flawed. And, uh, you know, you can certainly tell me on Twitter if, if, if you don't agree. Uh, but just, I think we need to find more ways to empower people to make good decisions with WordPress. Um, that's going to keep people on the platform, you know, throughout. And they're going to hopefully have less frustration and trying to get started because I think that's, from my experience, that's the area where people are, you know, hit that wall after installing. They're like, okay, well, what do I do next? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if something like a, a plugin quality score could be developed from, which to some extent is being done with, with a review, like, combining, uh, correlating um, support tickets and response to those and um, installs and, and things like that. But I wonder if you could you could do a quality um, rating that would be sufficiently neutral that people would accept the curation that developed from that. Say, I, I keep thinking of this one. I don't, I don't know if it's realistic, but um, I would love to know on every plugin, if I install this, what's the what's the maximum number of queries it will add to a page load? What's the average number? And um, that right there creates an incentive to plugin developers to get that right or learn. You know, if you're just starting out uh, coding something, um, learn what that means, why it matters, um, because that's that seems to be one of the real real slowdowns. Um, and, and that's a pretty objective measure, fewer queries, quicker response, um, from the server, something like that. I don't know. Do you, do you think that that sort of thing could potentially be done, um, as a sufficiently neutral thing coming from the, from I think so. I think so. I mean, one idea that just kind of popped in my head was how about we do something activity-based like just for example, um, we take into account how often a plugin updates, uh, how responsive uh, you right. know support requests are in the forms. That doesn't necessarily tell you the quality. Now, I mean, you might be updating your plugin three or four times a week because it's broken, and you may be res responding to you know support requests right. without necessarily resolving problems, but that might be a way to, to, to help steer people away from plugins that haven't been updated in years. I mean, we have that little right. warning on there now that, you know, when it's been, I think, what, three versions, it'll tell you that, hey, this hasn't been, you know, updated in, in a while. Right. But if you had maybe some sort of activity-based scoring that, you know, I mean, you know, that, that puts everybody, I think, on a, on a closer playing field. I don't know if it's completely level, but, you know, I mean, mm. the plugins with the most resources might, you know, be able to, to, uh, to win on some of that. But then again, if you have a, a solo entrepreneur, who's got a plugin that, you know, they really are passionate about and they're constantly trying to improve and they're, you know, we know there are a lot of those out there, you know, they might be able to, to compete on that level. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that could work if, the repository made some distinction between completely free plugins and freemium model plugins, or those that have uh, a recognized business entity behind it with staff and like this, we exist here to support this. 
in theory in in perpetuity um because actually there there are some plugins if you base this on activity like 10 up um there's some jake goldman still has under under his account on uh, on the repo that are really nice simple single purpose plugins and i completely trust the support for them <laughs> for them for the for the most part but um they're not they're not going to be high volume um uh, support activity there or updates and they're pretty simple yet reliable um it might be tricky to do that but i think it'd be fair to recognize leaders and high performers and recognized experts at at some point and um and the business um you know the number of people who you know who actually exist to support a particular plugin that was when i was when I'm doing things for clients and when I was doing that a, a lot more, um, you're looking at, I, I try to look at what's going to be around for a long, long term, you know, the, the fewer, uh, we don't want to make changes to themes, to major plugin changes. Um, over time, we want this to be really stable. So, so to me, a concern would be, Hey, this is a really nice plugin seems really well supported, but there's no business model behind it, or it's not one that, yeah. I think we'll be here in five, even just five years. Um, and the long-term view, yeah, is another, is another criteria that's hard to, hard to suss out. Um, but those are, those are all potentially valid ways to curate um, and indicate different, different categories of, of product that may really help people figure out what they need. Um, yeah, it's a good Good question uh, to open up. Yeah, I think there's there's potential for it. Um, you know, any I think anything we can do to make it give people more confidence that what they're installing is going to work and be you know stable and you know allow them to do what they want to do easy in a more easy fashion. I think that would you know definitely be a benefit. And just going back to the activity thing for just a second, I mean, how many plugins that are still, you know, somewhat maintained still say that their their latest compatibility is like WordPress 5.8 or 5.9? Right. You know, just the yeah. simple fact of going in and, and testing with WordPress 6 or 6.1, maybe that gets you, you know, some brownie points in that as well, just right. that you've version checked and, you know, you're keeping up with that because I see that as another issue in the repository where there may be plugins that work perfectly well, but you're still a little hesitant because it, yeah. you know, the compatibility hasn't been updated in two years or three years. So that sure. could also be, you know, a factor. And it's not just compatibility to WordPress. It's, uh, you know, Word, WordPress languishes in, in compatibility for PHP. So plugin, plugin compatibility with uh, which, what, up to what version of PHP will it, um, will it operate and yeah just checking yeah i know uh like i'm looking at a, a plugin now it says php version 5.4 or higher so there you go ah, right, right right you're in good shape okay. even on yeah, a really a really old install yes right so that raises some some ideas well that's and that's something a diy person isn't going to know they aren't they aren't going to know um you know what, what version of php is my host running and what does that mean and and all that 
Yeah, support activity and development activity are are good indicators, but then you you can game that as well. Um, you know, it creates it creates a good incentive to do that work, but then you know, are we adding features or minor updates just to uh, to rank higher at that point? Um, I don't know if it would have that that kind of effect. I mean, we've seen it with reviews, right? People put yeah. in the phony reviews and or hire out firms to to do that for them. So, yeah, any anything that they put in probably could be gamed. I don't know if we're going to fully prevent that, but you hope that you know most developers take it as a uh, a serious matter and you know try to actually put in the hard work to to rank highly and and you know hopefully that that's a way for them to kind of go up the charts a little bit in, in terms of how many installs they have and how many paying customers they get because of it. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's such a categorical difference between people who are running their business that way. And well, it's a good, it's a good way to game things towards more support, more development and uh, taking an active interest in, in what's going on with your, your product and in the way it's uh, presented to people who are going to install it. Um, yeah, it's a good, Good idea. I, I do feel that those things go together. Any anything that improves or changes in in core to change the onboarding experience to um, make it easier with respect to what you install has got to be corresponding somehow to um, what you see on the on .dot org, um, what it's putting out publicly as a as a signal for um, for quality. The last thing you well, close to where you, you closed was was talking about outreach, um, that we should just show what what WordPress can do. Um, and do you think we just don't do that enough or it's not unified enough or just in the Gutenberg era, we're just beginning to see tutorials and guides um, show up, especially for non-technical users. And um, that's that's something that on on.org learn learn um, wordpress.org is uh, busy trying to do there's a ton of meetups coming out that are really geared towards this sort of thing um, and and also people who are building at sites at a more advanced level um, do you see that as something that's just starting to happen or something altogether different that you had in mind I, I sort of see this as kind of like a, a second coming of WordPress, right? Because when a lot of us, you know, who've been in this a while started, you know, if you went to a WordCamp, you probably learned an awful lot about the basics of WordPress, whether you were just using it as, you know, a content creator or you were a developer. And I think we've kind of lost that a, a, along the way a little bit. We've kind of focused so much on the more advanced topics. And then of course the pandemic, you know, took away a, a lot of the in-person events. So I, I, I think, you know, the word camps are one way to really start showing, you know, new users what's possible and, you know, how to, to do the basics. Um, you know, I, I would, I honestly, I would love to see that at WordCamp US or one of the really big uh, international yeah. events, you know, have a track just for new people, uh, right. you know, where they can ask experts questions, you know, that people that, you know, we, we see in the, status slack or we see on online all the time you know if, if a, a new user is able to ask them questions that you know that can go a long way towards selling them on the platform and keeping them there um and you mentioned the learn 
tool. Well, I, I think that's fantastic. And uh, that's actually something I brought up on the, uh, on the Slack the other day. You know, has there been any effort to kind of integrate that with the core software so that you mm -hmm. can easily find tutorials, uh, maybe through a plugin or, or something like that? Because we have various WordPress support uh, tools that are third party, you know, that'll show videos on how to do different things. Right. We have this wonderful resource. And if somebody doesn't visit WordPress.org, they're really not going to know it's there. And I think, you know, it's such an opportunity to reach people and, and teach them how to do anything from the basics to, you know, once they level up to, you know, some more advanced things, it's all right there waiting. And, you know, all we have to do in some way, some respects is, you know, put it in front of them, you know, and give them the opportunity to see it. Right. Um, so those are things, you know, just the WordPress community has so much great content, so many smart people. I think we ought to be able to put our heads together and, and find ways to, you know, encourage new users and embrace them and, and, and you know, kind of help them, you know, with any stumbling blocks. And because, you know, if once we kind of, hate to say the phrase, die out, you know, what, what, what is the next generation of WordPress user going to look like? How, how are they going to use the software? You know, if we want to keep it as a market leader, if we want to keep it uh, viable, you know, the new users are, you know, just critical to that. Right. Yeah. I, I think that learn is uh, learn WordPress is um, a logical, the, the content that's being developed there and also the meetups that are going on, the um, kind of webinars that are, that are happening are, um, are logical to move into the dashboard for certain um, certain use cases um, in the, in mass market DIY users. All right. Well, uh, it's been good talking to you again. I, I think this this is a good a good topic with a lot of questions in it that touch a couple of the main main conversations and and issues today that we've we've been all, all thinking about um, what to do with uh, potential changes to the plugin repository and, and the kind of data that, that comes out of there, how .org content and information can somehow fit into the, um, into the WordPress dashboard and um, interface there to help people and connect them with the community, um, how we could maybe standardize uh, the experience and some interface design, how things are, are done on the back end that um, makes it a more palatable and uh, less busy, interruptive um, or confused experience on, on sites with a lot of things installed, whether it's um, someone just setting up their own, their own site or uh, an agency doing it for a, a high-end client. Um, I think... The more the more we see those all as uh, common problems everyone has, the the better chance at br at bringing everyone towards an unaligned solution where everyone wins. Um, ideally, one one would hope. <laughs> There's potential there, absolutely. So. Um, you know, the the you know if you start the conversation, hopefully, um, you know you bring in some good ideas and. If we see a few of them implemented, uh, that's, like you said, that's going to benefit everybody. You've been listening to Post Status Excerpt, a podcast from Post Status. 
the community for WordPress professionals. Check us out at poststatus.com. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter or become a member and join us in Poststatus Slack. We have membership plans for freelancers, agency owners, product founders, and business partners who share and support our mission of investing in the open web by growing the WordPress ecosystem and coming together for fun and networking as we give and grow together.